Well, praise the Lord and good day to you. Glad you've joined us here. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, Crossway Church, Queen City, Texas. We're right in the middle of a great Hebrews Bible study. We'll be in chapter 6 today, the first portion of that. This will be part 3 of Hebrews chapter 6. So grab your Bibles, your pencils, your paper, get ready to uh, go along with us and, and seek for the Lord and His wisdom, His direction. And uh, we just know that the Lord's going to speak to our hearts today and give us something very powerful today. If you go into a, a, a God's Word in a study desiring for Him to show you something, the truth that you will desperately need, He will be faithful to guide you into that truth. That's why really the Holy Spirit has come. He, he was sent to us to, to guide us into all truth. And in that, my friends, we find the comfort of the Scriptures by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said the Scriptures are about Him. And therefore, uh, that gives us a great intro on where we're at today. I won't go back and cover in depth the first couple of verses in chapter 6 of Hebrews, uh, but where he tells us we need to leave the principles, the first things of the teachings of Christ and go on unto perfection, that's, uh, that's speaking of all the things learning first and foremost that everything written in the Scriptures have to be applied to Jesus first in a redemptive way. Not just Jesus and this and Jesus that, but as we look back at David and Goliath and how that applies to Jesus and the redemptive plan of God and what he would do to the devil at Calvary or the, the ark of Noah and how that applies to Jesus being our new covenant ark that we as believers are placed into Him through faith in His death at Calvary. That's my point. We have to see first of all how the Scriptures relate to Christ or they can never be applied to our lives as Christians because we are first in Him. Therefore, the Scriptures, Jesus said, He didn't say they're about us. He said they're about Him. So first of all, they have to be applied to Him. Then, as we see how they apply to Christ, then we learn through the writings of the Apostle Paul that the application of God's Word, God's truths, take place in our lives through our faith in the cross, the place that we were immersed into his death, Romans 6, 3. And there we have ears that hear and hearts that are receptive. Outside of faith in the cross, our ears are not hearing any longer and our hearts, they are receiving, they are learning, but it is not the truth we so many times think that it is. And, uh, you know, we're, we're living in the epitome of an apostate age among uh, the church. I mean, the epitome, the, the climax of apostasy uh, to where uh, you can just say, well, that was a good message, but you didn't, you didn't leave with anything. We just judge preachers by how they preached and, and not what they preached. And we're living in the climax of the apostate age of 
the church. And you know, when you and I have a Bible study, we need to walk away with something, not that we gave each other, but that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth has imparted, deposited within our hearts, has been able to guide us into more truth. The experience of more truth gives us a greater experience of liberty and freedom and, 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 and the avenue exclusively through which we find the benefits of what Jesus did for us at Calvary. So yeah, and let me say it again before we dig in today. Listen, when we walk away from a service and talk about how good the music was and what a great job that preacher did, but we don't leave with anything deposited within our hearts from the Holy Spirit, we're in big trouble. And basically, we're a part of an... We're experiencing the apostasy in the church. We're to be planted in a local church. We're, we're to sit under a pastor who's preaching the Word of God in the context of righteousness, which always points to Jesus and what He did at Calvary, so that when we leave, we will have been equipped for the work of the ministry. That means the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, which exclusively works within the parameters of our faith in the cross. Outside of that, my friend, don't listen to the apostasy that's coming from pulpits today. If our faith is not in the cross, then we're just doing religious things and stamping the Holy Spirit on it. Because Romans 8 and 2 reveal to us that the Holy Spirit works within a law, the law of the Spirit of life. Hallelujah. So I will check that out. If you're a new follower of our ministry, uh, you, will, you will find the truth of God's words of righteousness, but you will also find much criticism. And you will also find, I'm talking about that comes toward this ministry, you will find much criticism and murmuring about, you know, you'll hear many things negative about those who are preaching the righteousness of God. And I just want you to be aware of that so you count the cost so you don't, you look up 90 days from now and though you were excited to be learning, now you've listened to someone other than the Holy Spirit and now you're pulled away to listening to some old preacher who just gets up and preaches the same old principles of the same first doctrines that you've been hearing for 30 years, 20 years, whatever the case may be. And you're not hearing, you're not hearing God's words in righteousness. If you remember the end of Hebrews 5, that's what caused the Christians to be babes, to remain babes, to, because they were not on the meat, they were on the milk. And on the milk, the Bible says they're they're unskillful, inexperienced, not in doing things at church. They can be very experienced in the actions that go on in the church, but they were inexperienced in the word of righteousness. So we need to be very careful who we're listening to today, where we're planted in local churches, and, and not, not just some fleshly excuse that we're in a church, but that we're hearing the word of God in the context of the one who said the word was about him and the redemptive plan of God 
which is the only avenue which applies it to our lives. I can't confess the Word of God into a place of reality in my life. I can't go do something. My faith must remain in the one who is the living Word of God, who said the Word of God was about him, and the Word of God is forever settled in heaven. That's Jesus at the right hand of the Father. Hallelujah. Not just the written Word, but He is the living Word of God. And the only application to our hearts is when we begin to understand the cross. I said something very powerful yesterday in the message. Let me repeat it this morning. Whenever we're struggling with something in our lives, the real struggle, hidden from most, the real struggle is our struggle with what we're doing with the cross. I want you that that's one of the most powerful statements you will ever hear in your life. We get we get to struggling with some sinful issue, some dilemma, some thing, fear or uh, some whatever it is our struggle is with beneath all that. Beneath it all, hidden for those who are learning the truth of God's word is the reality of the real struggle, and that is what we're doing with the cross. You need to understand that. Because when we look at Calvary, and we accept and are learning the reality and the truths in God's Word of what Jesus did for us at Calvary, that will change everything in your life. It will change your marriage. It will change... You write it down. You name it. Everything will change in your life. Every, your ministry, your marriage, everything that you're touching in this life will change when you begin to look at Calvary and learn God's Word in the context of Jesus Christ and Him crucified and see that every struggle in our lives, at the root of it, underneath all, is a struggle with Calvary. You cling to that nail-scarred hand and you'll watch the Lord Move the mountain, split the mountain, he'll calm the storm or he'll calm you right in the middle of the storm, but it's a guaranteed truth that if you'll begin to look at Jesus and what he did on the cross, that which appeared to be nothing, the end, a, a man of weakness and whatever power he had, he surely doesn't have it anymore, but in all reality, it was the greatest manifestation of the power of God that man will ever know throughout the ages. A man humbling himself and becoming fully obedient even unto death. Our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let's get in this today. Verse 3, chapter 6. This is part 3. The Bible says, And this we will do if God permit. Now, it sounds a little strange uh, for verse 1 telling us to leave the principles of the doctrines of Christ and go on unto perfection and then listing those things and then saying, Well, and we will do this if God permit. And we might have mentioned this on the last broadcast, but let's talk about it for a moment again before we move on because this is very these next few verses are very critical and 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 and, and not understood by probably the vast majority of the church so let's understand this god wants us to go on 
off the milk onto the meat. He wants us to leave the first principles of the doctrines of Christ. He, he, he doesn't want us to forget them. He doesn't want us to throw them out. He wants them to have been the milk that has produced the growth that has gotten us and prepared us ready for the meat. As we begin to chew on the meat, as we begin to move into actually how Christ, the principles of Christ, the teachings of Christ, how now through the cross, our faith in the cross, they're applied to our lives. They're applied to our lives. Get this now. And you have to understand Romans 8 and 2, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. We must understand that our faith must remain in Christ. That, that doesn't mean just a man. And it just, uh, no, that means, that means that our faith has to remain in what it was placed in the first time we trusted in Christ Jesus, and that was in His death. And that is exactly, precisely where the Holy Spirit, when we, in Romans 10 and 10, the Bible calls it believing under righteousness. We're believing under that righteous work of Christ at Calvary. He actually, in the mind of God, the plan of God, the vision of God, He immersed us into the very death of Jesus. On the day of Calvary, God saw His Son dying for all humanity. But God also saw in that one moment, in that one day, on that one hill, through that one man, his son, the Lamb of God, he saw everyone who would believe upon Christ being crucified with Christ. Has that become a reality to your life, to your, your belief system, that Christ was crucified for you, but the Apostle Paul said we were crucified with him? You need to understand that when you trusted in the death of Jesus, you were placed in the death of Jesus. It's not a water baptismal tank that puts you in Christ. It's your faith in His death that puts you in His death because you had to be crucified with Him. This is ugly sounding, but it's a reality. He had to put us away. He had to crucify us. He had to kill us to be able to make a new creation within himself for us. You need to understand that. Jesus did not come to rehabilitate anybody. He came to put the old man to death, buried, out of the way, gone, and nothing of the new creation does he take of the old. It is entirely new. All things or become new. I hope you know your Bible or you're learning it. All things have become new in Christ Jesus. So let's remember this. So this we will do if God permits pertains to if we understand that the first principles of the teachings of Christ are the Word of God in the context of Christ. Most of the church... Hopefully all of the church doesn't have a problem with that. But there are many that claim to be the church Christians who don't even have the milk as pure milk. It's, it's tainted. It's, they teach these things. We covered them in the last session. <coughs> Excuse me. That, that Even the basic principle things they have twisted and they bring works in. They bring all their own thoughts instead of learning the Word of God in the context of the living Word of God and what He did 
as the Lamb of God at Calvary and they will mess even the milk up so they never have an opportunity with tainted milk to go on unto the meat. There is no progression to the meat if the milk is not pure. When we turn the milk into works, uh, and, and, and when we turn the milks into something other than the Bible related to Christ and what He would do for us at Calvary, uh, how the stories in the Bible relate to Christ and His work, then our milk is tainted. And those individuals, they, they, they have no avenue to the meat except that one in which God has offered them. So if they mess the milk up, they can never go to the meat because without the process of going through the milk, the pure milk of the word, uh, then we can never leave that and go on unto perfection. That means maturity. That means the meat that allows us to grow. And listen very carefully. It means that we are now learning to experience the word of righteousness. The word of God now is becoming our experience with the fruits of of righteousness. And righteousness only comes from one place, one place, the work of Christ at Calvary. It comes from no other place. He that knew no sin became our sin offering that you and I might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. There is no other avenue that righteousness flows from, not initially as our state of righteousness in Christ or our daily opportunities to bear forth the fruits of His righteousness outside of faith in the cross. And saying I have faith in the cross and then being involved in all, in all these things I think I have to do. I have a, a dream catcher on the wall because I think it brings me good luck. Well, what's that saying about what I'm believing God for? Because He, he, won't, he won't allow you to serve Him with a dream catcher. Uh, the lucky penny, the rabbit's foot, the the, 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 the what do they call it? Those things you, uh, the zodiac, the signs, the all the things they read for the day, or the this or that, or all the even the programs that have been brought into the church. God doesn't allow mixture, and this is why when we're trusting in anything or calling it some avenue that God will use uh, to save me or to deliver me or to grow me. If it's not pointing me to the cross, explaining God's Word in the context of Christ, the living Word, and what He did at Calvary for me, then I have, uh, listen, I'm, I'm the double-minded man that James wrote about. I'm being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. I'm confused. I'm in chaos. I, I can't have the peace of God. I, I don't understand things I know I should understand, and, and I'm just confused. But always remember this. The Bible is God's Word. and God authored the Bible. He, he wrote the Bible. It's His Word. And therefore, we need to understand, he, he says He's not the author of confusion. So when we're confused, we need to remember <clears throat> it's not God's Word that's confusing. It's our own hearts of mixture and, 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 and this place of uh, uh, trying to walk, trying this and trying that. And when we're trying anything other than simply surrendering and trusting in Christ and what He did at Calvary, then we're in some mixture. And that will bring confusion. And that will make us angry because it won't work. 
Because here's what happens when I'm trusting. I say I believe in the cross. I say I'm trusting Christ. I say I'm trusting what he did at Calvary. But I'm also trusting in this program and these things. And I'll stamp it God and I'll say God gave me this program to help me out. But if, any, if, if they're giving you any other, even one other answer other than the, it being Jesus and what he did on the cross for you, then and if we're believing that, then we're telling God from our heart that what what he did at the cross wasn't quite enough. That's what they thought in Israel just 50 days after God brought them out of Egypt, they built a golden calf. And, and, and the Lord wouldn't allow it. We need to remember that. He doesn't allow a mixture. The mixture puts us in a place of unbelief. Now they built that golden calf right beside the altar that pointed to Calvary, but God said that won't do. You, it's not Jesus Christ and Him crucified and anything else. That second and eliminates us from the grace of that's offered to us through the cross. You need to understand that. And I'm not talking about you being required to have some perfect theological scholarly wisdom, but I am talking about you must know that the only object of faith God has given you is the cross of His Son. That's it. And when Christians are confused about that, the only reason they're confused is because they've been taught all these other objects of faith, all these other laws, all these other things. If you'll do this, if you'll do that, if you'll do this, if you'll do that, and that, those are those become laws. And, and, and we've taught all that. And the church has been taught just pretty much nothing but that. So when we hear that which is right, the Word of God in the context of His of its righteousness, which that is the context of God's Word, if all His words are in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8, then the context of God's words can only be found and understood in righteousness. So we need to remember that. So the only reason a Christian... Uh, and I've been there. I've been, I, I speak from experience. I remember listening to someone trying to explain to me what he was causing us to have to listen to on his radio hanging in the, the warehouse wall some years back, and he was trying to even explain it to me. And, and he, every morning he would, he would say, this is how the Scripture relates to Christ and what he did at Calvary. And I would say, well, um, uh, you know, I, uh, I couldn't see it because I, I had been taught so many other contexts, and there are no other. I had been taught so many other avenues through which we should be looking or trying to find the avenue through which the power of God comes, and that is, I believe, the greatest deception in the church today. In the church, those who are saved know they were saved through faith in the blood of Jesus. If not, they're not saved. But among all of them, 99.9% .9 now begin an endeavor to look for the avenue through which the power comes from. That which God will give our local church to, to put us on the map to prove that we are in a move of God. Listen, my friend... The power of God is the preaching of the cross. Most preachers hear that, and, and, and they, they say, well, I, I understand all that, but, but, and that but puts them right out of the, right out of the, the operation, right out, they, that but causes them to fall from grace. If they continue to look for the avenue through which the power of God will come other than the cross, then, and they begin to boast in these other programs, these other avenues, then they're, that's why they're all in trouble. And that's really what has made this age 
<clears throat> the greatest age of apostasy among the church. And it grows stronger every day. Preachers have said, we don't want that message in our town. We're doing good without that message. And they have fallen from grace. It doesn't matter if they can get up and use scripture eloquently. They've fallen from grace. And so, and they'll fight you tooth and nail just like the Pharisees did. But we need, to, we need to know this, that God wants to permit us. He wants to allow us to go on unto perfection. <coughs> but He will also not allow us. Come on now, somebody, stay with me. He will not allow us to go on unto perfection until we get the first things right. First things first. First things right. We have to have the milk in its pure form and causing us to grow uh, before we can ever begin to move into the meat, begin to chew the meat, which is experiencing God's words of righteousness. And that means now allowing the Holy Spirit to apply the word of truth to our own hearts. And now instead of gathering and just wanting to hear a preacher, I have found now the avenue through which I am becoming a teacher with my life, a teacher in experience, a teacher with my verbal words, a teacher. The experience, the biggest part of the church doesn't gather to be equipped. And the, and the few that do, for the most part, are not being equipped because it takes someone who is on the meat to be able to equip others for the meat. And most preachers today are still on the milk and it's obvious because they do not open the Bible and point to Calvary. They open the Bible and they boast in this, they boast in that, or they're still telling the same first principles. And I know the church would say, well, we're supposed to keep the milk for the babes. And we are, but hear me this, hear me today. There will always be milk and meat in a ministry based on where the people are. But know this, know this. The church is a place really not for lost people to gather. Many lost people go in churches every week, but that's not the purpose of the church. It's not, the purpose of the church is not a place for lost people to wander in. You won't find that in the New Testament in the early church. What you'll find is those who are trusting in Christ, gathering to worship, gathering to be equipped and to learn for the work of the ministry. And, 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 and my Lord, folk didn't come within that area, uh, didn't even get close to it because they didn't want to be associated with it because there was a power, uh, an early reign in the, in, in the early church. And uh, so, I mean, people do wonder as lost people into churches. I, I, th I think the churches are full of lost people. Uh, it's far beyond the problem of just being on the milk. The churches are full of lost people and uh, just want to live morally upright, good lives and try to fit in and have a name for themselves as a good person. Well, that's not Christianity. And uh, uh, so uh, we need to remember these things. We need to understand these things. Uh, God wants us to go on unto perfection, but He, he will only permit it if we move off the milk and on to the meat, if we choose, it is a choice, my friend. God's not mystically and magically, forget that mumbo-jumbo, going to choose some to go on and, and, and choose some that He's not going to let go on. He wants all of us 
in Christ to move forward and to enjoy the growth that the pure milk brings, but to move on and begin to chew the meat in the experience of God's words of righteousness as we understand how the cross of Christ, the work of His righteousness there and there alone relates to me today and again tomorrow. Because remember, let me say it again. No, we're not getting very far, but that's okay. Whatever you're struggling with today... You need to understand that the root of all that is a struggle with what you're doing with the cross. Because the cross of Christ answered every sin issue, every bondage, every, every issue in this world. It was, it was what God laid from before the foundation of the world. The Lamb was slain from before the foundation of the world. 1 Peter 1.20, Revelation 13.8, so that he wouldn't have to come up with something. It was already there. It's what he rushed into the Garden of Eden and began to share with Adam and Eve. It was, it was the message that pointed to that. It was manifest in the fullness of times when God sent his son to be born of a woman and under the law to, to redeem all those who were under the curse of the law to bring us unto grace. Hallelujah. You need to understand these things. And God wants to <coughs> grow His church. And He is doing that in these last days. Now, the most, for the most part, don't want to hear it because they'd rather stay in Grandma's church. They'd rather stay in this most popular, biggest this and most money this. And it's where all the people of my uh, uh, financial status go. And, and it's where all the people that dress and wear the Wranglers that I wear, the, my stereotypes. Type. Well, you know, we're all black here. We're all white here. We're all uh, uh, poor here. We all ride Harley. We're all cowboys. We're all, uh, we're all, that ain't a move of God, my friend. That's not a move of God. A move of God is when God begins to show us in His Word the move of God that He was involved in at the cross. It was God who was in Christ reconciling sinners to Himself. Greatest move of God ever known, ever will be known throughout house forever and forever. You need to understand these things. This stereotypical apostasy is all it is. Just looking for people like us instead of looking for where the truth of Christ is being proclaimed. Hallelujah. And they say, well, it's proclaimed here. And again, let me ask this question. At the end of the service, have you walked away with more than a declaration of the music was good today? The preacher preached a powerful message today. What did you leave with that powerful message? What was the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, able to impart into your soul today for the equipping, for the work of His ministry? That is the question. This makes Christians mad. Because, why? Because that's not why they go to church. There is a few among those today. And the number will even get smaller because the Bible speaks of very negative things happen, happening right here at the end of the age in the days of Noah in which we live. Let me say it as we close today. We didn't get very far. And Thursday morning we will move on into the verses 4 through 6 and we will discuss how uh, you can have it all and you can lose it all. And if you don't think you can, you're, you're listening to a liar. You've been lied to. It's not a Bible believer that takes the Bible and says it means something other than it says 
God's Word is very clear. He doesn't author confusion. The reason there's confusion in the church today is because we don't understand and we won't accept just what's written. We've got to go make a whole new translation. We've got to have a whole new this. We've got to make this say what we want it to say to take away the trembling of heart that God wants us to have when we read His Word. He looks upon those that tremble at His Word. Isaiah chapter 66 verses 2 through 5. God is still looking for a people that trembles at His Word for it is those He looks upon. Hallelujah. And, and, and I got news for you. The church is very good at trying to remove, change, twist the Word of God that brings about a trembling to the heart. And all we do when we do that is remove ourselves out of being a people that God is looking upon. You can't change God's Word. You can't take away from God's Word. You can call yourself doing it. You can call yourself some scholar and say, well, this is what this really means but God's not accepting it. So God wants us to move on into a place of perfection. That means maturity. That means from the milk to the meat. That means beginning to experience the word of righteousness. And I know there won't be many in, in these last days that accept teachings like this. So I want to say this. I praise God for every one of you who are learning the truth, not just learning without coming to the experience of the truth realizing that doesn't mean when you first come to the truth, that means we're ever learning and you and I are ever gleaning the truth of God's Word, meaning we're seeing the Word of God in the person and the work of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So join us Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time this week and we'll continue in this and we'll see some very profound, straightforward words of truth in righteousness that God will pour into our hearts and give us the stability and the clarity that we need that removes all confusion and all haziness if we'll just accept what he has said in his word. Hallelujah. You can find all these teachings at Curtis Hutchinson 316, the YouTube channel, or thecrosswaychurch.com. They're all uploaded there as well. You can uh, get the Spreaker app for your phone, and there you'll find everything we do here at Crossway Church uploaded in audio form. There is over 750 gospel-centered, let me say it again, cross-centered messages on that app. Over 750 audio messages on that app of Spreaker and our channel is for those who have ears to hear or you can type my name in, Curtis Hutchinson. Don't just like the sessions. Don't just comment on the sessions. Share these words of life with all you could possibly share them with so that their eyes can be open and their ears can begin to hear again if they're Christian or they can be saved if they're not saved, or they can begin to grow if they've been on the milk far too long like these Christians being written to in the book of Hebrews. God bless you. We love you, and we're praying for every one of you, for we know it is a, a few who find the way. Jesus taught it, and we're thankful for that. You can pray for us, and you can be a part of the ministry also by donating to Crossway Church giving tithes and offerings to this ministry. God bless you. 
those of you who are doing that. And if God stirs your heart to give, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. Again, God bless you. We love you. I'll see you Wednesday night. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. God bless you.